What's up, y'all, and welcome to Marley the Podcast, where I use over a decade of experience in the health and fitness space to help you find what's gold and what's old so you can achieve all your health goals seamlessly. In the last few years, I've noticed a huge shift when it comes to alcohol, alcohol consumption, sober curious lifestyles. And while I really love the movement as a whole because it's helping people like you and I establish better boundaries around drinking, it also is a bit of reverse psychology. So when we tell ourselves that we can't do something, it's just like as a kid, when your parents told you don't touch the hot stove, guess what the heck you did after that? You touched the hot stove. And although you knew that there could have been a consequence with touching that hot stove, you did it anyway because it is almost like that looming thing over your head, like, oh, telling you you can't do that, I'm gonna go ahead and do that. And what's wild is I started drinking at almost the same time that I started to drive, which is pretty wild because those two things do not go hand in hand with one another. I was constantly lying to my parents about where I was going, what I was doing in high school, and we were mixing all sorts of alcohol. If you know what hunch punch is, your stomach is probably turning right now just hearing that word because it was like beer and vodka and Kool-Aid. Oh, yuck. I can't even imagine drinking that anymore, but the fact that we used to drink that is absolutely wild. But from a very young age, we were always told to not drink, but there was no conversation around why you shouldn't drink. And I don't know about you, but my parents were drinking at home, especially my mom, while telling me not to drink. Monkey see, monkey do. You're going to think, okay, well, they're going to tell me not to do this, but they're doing this. So the two things don't match up in our minds. And we don't realize that's what's going on because we're at that age. But subconsciously, we're seeing one thing and being told another thing. For me, I never really established a super healthy relationship with drinking alcohol. I'm talking about in college, I was going out four nights a week, if not more. And I never saw a problem with this. And although I didn't have a alcohol consumption issue, there was definitely a long line of alcoholics and people who abuse substances in my family. And although I felt like that didn't resonate with me, I also feel like there was a lack of conversation around those topics and why it's so important to create better boundaries around drinking. Because when you're in high school and you're in college, you don't have that filter of switching on and off in between like, okay, is this enough or is this too much? Like you don't have that. So I had to learn that just over time. And now that I'm 31, my relationship with alcohol has changed drastically. I wouldn't consider myself to be sober curious because I don't like, for some reason I don't like the word sober because it almost demonizes alcohol. And I think once you demonize something, just like I mentioned before, it's like you're telling someone to not touch the hot stove, they're gonna touch the hot stove. So for me, I like to think of my relationship with alcohol as alcohol neutrality. And 
By that, I mean that I can drink if I want to, but I can also not drink. And both of those are fine. And it just depends on me and my boundaries that I set for myself because there are a couple really big changes that I noticed over the years with drinking that I'm like, hmm, I don't really like this and I don't want to feel like this for an extended period of time. And these are things that could very well resonate with you that you didn't realize, oh wow, this is actually tied to alcohol. And one of the first things I noticed is that my anxiety is through the freaking roof. And if you know me, I openly talk about my anxiety. I openly talk about my struggles with having anxiety and just waking up and almost feeling like I'm crawling in my own skin. Well, alcohol is definitely a catalyst for this. And it's because it does change those receptors, the, that dopamine, that serotonin. It is a downer. So you feel like you are mentally in a worse place the day after drinking than you were the day before. And I get it. Drinking is fun and you can, you know, be a little more free flowing and it helps you loosen up in social situations because I feel this way too. But there's also that fine line of like, okay, is it worth how I'm going to feel tomorrow? And that's something that I've had to reevaluate in the last couple of years alone because owning my own business and being a solopreneur means that I am the person who has to show up for my clients, but I also have to show up for myself. And understanding that drinking doesn't always fit into my routine and fit into my schedule, especially from a mental standpoint, is something that is huge because I wake up at five, six in the morning and drinking usually means that you're up a little bit later, your sleep is affected, and all of these things don't really make it for me to have constructive and productive days running my business and showing up for my clients and showing up for myself. So I've realized over time, I just don't like the way alcohol makes me feel the next day. There is a fine line of drinking one drink and drinking four drinks. So that is something that creating a better boundary with can be helpful to reduce this anxiety and reduce the anxiety. And then like I talked about sleep, my sleep is definitely affected by drinking. I notice that I toss and turn a lot more. I wake up and I feel just not well rested at all. And that bleeds into all areas of my day. It affects the way I eat. And I know this is something that isn't always directly talked about, but drinking makes it a lot harder for me to eat foods that I feel good eating. And that means that I'm eating a lot more heavily fried foods. And I don't do dairy and I don't do gluten. So for me to eat these foods that I don't normally eat means that my digestion is going to be royally screwed. And I do notice a huge change in digestion the days following drinking because I notice that I have a lot more loose stools. I notice that I have more diarrhea. And this is just uncomfortable because you're going to the bathroom a lot more. It doesn't make you feel great, right? Like from the inside out, you just feel ugh. But there are some other things that I've noticed in terms of recovery. And it's weird because a lot of people say, oh, after you hit 30, the hangover is going to be so much worse. And I was like, they're, they're like, no way. I think that you're completely bullshitting me. And as I've gotten to 30, and now that I'm 31, I realize that it doesn't matter if I have two drinks or four drinks, my recovery is 
awful. And I'm talking about like crazy headaches and migraines the next couple days. And even from drinking two drinks, I have been getting pretty sick in the last couple years alone, which is very unlikely for me. Like I'm talking about sick as in throwing up and not just that day, like sick the next day, unable to really eat. And if I do eat, like I mentioned, I want those like higher fat, greasy, fried, fatty, sugary foods that don't make me feel best, that don't help with my digestion. And those foods are not gonna help with my anxiety as well. So like all of those things coupled together makes for the absolute perfect storm of me not feeling my best the days after drinking. So that's why I've created the concept of having a neutral approach when talking about having alcohol. And I can go out and I'll have like a diet soda or I'll have a mocktail and that's okay. But it's also okay if I wanna have one or two drinks. But I do know and I do accept and I do acknowledge that drinking does have these certain effects on me. It could very well affect my next day. It could very, very well affect my next couple days. And this is something that being more consciously aware of has helped me establish that better relationship with drinking and those better boundaries. And I think a lot of times we fear what it'll look like to other people if we don't drink. And a lot of times if people are close to us and they want the best for us, they're going to support you in whatever you decide and whatever you do. So a couple of the biggest steps that I would take if you are trying to create these better boundaries with drinking, first understanding why you want to drink less in the first place. And this is huge because a lot of times we drink to cope with stress After a long day of work, we lean on a cocktail to get through social situations. And if this is the case, we can swap drinking for some healthier habits that are going to help us cope a lot better and will actually add more value to our lives. So instead of a stressful day of work, coming home and drinking, scheduling a yoga class or finding different strategies to cope, like working with a therapist Because knowing why you want to change your habits is going to be a huge catalyst for you actually changing your habits because bringing awareness to this is going to be really, really transformative. One of the second rules I like to have surrounding alcohol is to create boundaries that actually make sense for you because what works for me may not work for you and what works for you may not work for me. So being able to create these that you can live up to is huge. And some of them sound like having a dry month. And I know a lot of people do dry January. That means you are not not drinking the whole year, but having this boundary of, okay, I'm going to go 31 days without drinking and see how I feel. Or you can say, I'm going to have a two drink limit when I do these specific things, like go to a concert or go on a first date. These are really important frameworks to set because then they're going to be flexible where you can follow these for specific activities. And that way you have that guideline, something to work off of, but it doesn't have to be 100% this way or 100% that way, which I think is really great. And that's one way that I like to operate is to set a drink limit when I go out. I'll be like, okay, I'm having two drinks tonight. And that way you know that after that two drinks, you're done. 
And then something that has been really important is to actually share my boundaries with alcohol with people around me. And a lot of times this can be super uncomfortable because you're not quite sure how people react, what questions they're going to ask, but having people understand why you're making these choices for yourself is really huge. And you'll be so surprised to notice that a lot more people are on board with this than you would think. So this is another really big step in the right direction. And then something that I like to do, which is number four, is going to be just get a little bit more creative with how you spend your time. Because we know that a lot of different social events, happy hours, sporting events, girls night is going to involve drinking alcohol. So there are a lot of different activities that you can do that don't involve drinking alcohol. And this could be something like doing something, um, that is centered around health and fitness or some sort of physical activity. Like here in Colorado, you can do rock climbing, you can go hiking. There's not going to be drinking involved in that. You can also go see an exhibit or a museum. There's not going to be drinking involved in this either. So instead of going to a bar, you can go be active. You can go do something artsy that doesn't necessarily have to involve drinking. And then I think a really big thing is that surrounding yourself with people who could be non-drinkers or people who share the same mentality as you do, because it is going to be hard if you are surrounded by a bunch of people who are just interested in partying like they are in a fraternity. It's going to be really hard for you to stick and adhere to your goals because everyone around you is doing that thing that you're trying to create a better relationship with. So having some non-alcoholic friends, is going to be really cool because you can separate yourself in a way that allows you to work on those boundaries and become more of the person you want to become. So these are just a few of the ways that I have really been able to grow and create that alcohol neutrality like I've talked about is by expressing my relationship with alcohol or not drinking alcohol with my friends. Having friends that don't drink at all doing activities that are not surrounded by alcohol, and then also being able to understand why you're not drinking for yourself and then creating boundaries around that that fit your specific lifestyle. And this is going to really help you move in the right direction when you are trying to find that balance of establishing alcohol neutrality and establishing that better relationship so that you can feel good on a day-to-day basis and you can go, you know, even five, six weeks without drinking and not think about it. And it doesn't have to be something where you demonize the actual act of drinking alcohol, but you just pick and choose when you do it for yourself and when it feels good for you based on what your specific goals are and based on your specific boundaries. Make sure to hit subscribe if you haven't already and head on over to my Instagram at Marley Rosano to check out even more helpful content.